You're listening to audio provided by Valleydale Church. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out valleydale.org. We did, you know, I didn't know who to pull for. Cincinnati. So I, uh, much in, I guess, not a traditional football fan fashion, was pulling for Stafford. Yeah. But I really kind of wanted the Bengals. <laughs> so I guess it kind of worked, though, because it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good, right? it was a so good game. Right? So maybe pulling for both was, was the best way to go. It was a good game. Boy, Cincinnati had a defense. I, I never realized how good their defense mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It was a fun game to watch. But, you know, the kids were all over. We sat in there and ate chili and nachos and watched the game. It was nice. fun. Nice. Yeah. So Kirkwood was clearly up watching the game last night and was not able to make it this morning. So. <laughs> I've stepped in. Hi, everyone. Actually, we do want to show you Kirk is out because he has a beautiful new baby. Little Hope was born last Tuesday, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Weighing in at just a meager 10 pounds, 3 ounces. Wow. Yes, yes. Wow, 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 wow. A little cutie. Four of them now. What? Mm -hmm. What? Four and under? Four, four and under? Is now four or is she five? Is she five? I think she's five. five. I think she turned five. Four, five, and under. Yes. That's an active Still family. Still impressive. Still yeah. impressive. Active For family. sure. Well, since Kirk is not here, I thought we would dig in a little bit into your love for all things Mayberry. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, and really the integrate of the show. Yeah. So I found some interesting little tidbits that I was just curious to see if, if you knew about your one of your favorite. Well, is, I say one of your favorite shows. Your favorite the show. The favorite Your show. favorite show. Yeah. Um, did you know that Andy was a fan of Practical Jokes? Yes. Okay, so he did that a lot on set, one of which... Really gross and kind of weird, but he woke up. One of his guys on his staff woke up one time to find that he had strung duck guts Ooh. all around his dressing no, room. No, I did not know that. Yeah. They they played a joke on Andy one time. He fell asleep on the set, mm-hmm. and they took his shoes, so he had to wear his sheriff's boots home that, okay. that night. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, let's see. And then this, I thought this one was really interesting and this may have just been how television was done way back when. Mm. And I just, I'm not aware of it, but it says that Don Knotts might've only lasted one episode because when they got together to shoot the first episode, pretty much everybody that came on the set that day had a, a one show contract. But as Uh, soon as they saw the chemistry between Andy and Don, they were like, no, we're going to, we're going to make this last. That's interesting. Well, since your husband does documentaries and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. They shot that show with one camera. It was wild? just one camera. Now, that is hard to believe. That Can really you imagine is. how many times you had to take everything down to shoot a second shot? I'd be really interested to know what that what that production schedule looks like. Was it just a week? Because they were just yeah. like, all right, yeah. now let's go to Aunt B's house and let's go to yeah. the jail. And just shooting and... one scene, <clears throat> moving from this side. Right, and you got get each actor. Get it that side. That's wild. It really is. Yeah. Um, it says that Aunt B was very serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a real classical actress. That's exactly what this yeah. says here. Like She was like And she very, felt very like Mayberry was a little bit beneath her. Right, right. Yeah. So that's okay, Aunt B. We we still love you. Yeah, we do. Um, this one I thought was really cute. Opie's Rock yeah. never actually hit the lake. No, in the open. Did you, had you heard that? <laughs> yeah. They hit a guy down in those <laughs> trees. <to throw> that. <laughs> he tried it a couple of times, and they were finally like, okay, he's not going to get this. So they hit a guy, and he just kind of from behind the scenes threw it out there. Yeah. 
very cute. All right, those are my little tidbits about Mayberry. Yep, that's yep, all yep, I have. Yep. I should have known that you're right. What is that's all we got? Oh, I'm sorry. And what you said when we came in today, Josh Pike is like, "Why are you oh, thinking about right. me?" Right? Jo- Josh Pike, who is our sound engineer, isn't that, is that technical director? Technical director. He uh, Pike, Mayor Pike. He's related to Mayor Pike. <laughs> He is related so by, to that fictional so character. So by birth, it, the <laughs> mayor's position rolls to him now in his generation. Oh, how about that? How exciting. It's kind of like royalty. We'll just call, we'll start calling you the mayor of the creative department at least. Yeah. You can yeah. start there. That works. I'm sure it'll become mayor of Valleydale <laughs> eventually. Maybe so. Maybe so. Oh, that's where, a great thing. Where'd they actually it's shoot that, that show? Well, they shot it in Hollywood. But okay, so it, it was all on It the really set. was his hometown, Mount Airy in North Carolina. Okay. Because in, in the episode, you'll hear him say there's an episode where he talks about getting a snappy lunch where there's a snappy lunch in, in uh, Mount Airy. Mm-hmm. He'll talk about the Bluebird Diner. Well, there's a Bluebird Diner in Mayberry. Gotcha. And he'll talk about, like, Fancy Gap. Let's put some, you know, we've got to watch the road up to Fancy Fancy Gap is just right there up the mountain road from Mount Airy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Mount Pilot is really Pilot Mountain, which, tragically, that's a very unique place. Uh, uh, it's a mountain that has this knob up on top. This rock formation just kind of juts up, and there's all of this very rare fauna and flora that are up there. Mm-hmm. That do not grow anywhere else in the world. Really? Yeah. And the whole top of that mountain burned oh. here just a few weeks ago. So and they call it Pilot Mountain because it looks like one of those jets with the with the bubble up on top, you mm-hmm. know, the where the cockpit is. Right. But uh, it's a it's a neat place. That's a that's a great area. Deb and I had a little cabin not far from there mm-hmm. years ago. I bought a little piece of property with a little lean to on it. It's funny for eight thousand dollars. Oh wow! And it had two creeks running through, and we tore the thing and rebuilt a little one bedroom cabin there. And the kids kind of grew up going up there. So you had probably on Mount Pilot. No, it was not on oh, Mount okay. Pilot. It's not far from. Gotcha, there. right? Just, there. just down okay. the parkway from it. That was one of the other things I read that I didn't realize is that was originally the name of the show. That was is like, that right? Mm-hmm, no, no, I did not. You taught me mm-hmm. something today. Oh. How about that? Mark it down because it stops, stop, begins and ends here. I guess. <laughs> I doubt it. I uh, doubt it. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Jude. Jude. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. Specifically, chapter three that you referenced. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm Do thinking, you remember oh, that gosh. you did that to everybody? Yeah, I did. I did. You I told to them turn to chapter three. Looking for chapter three. And nobody, nobody. <laughs> I would imagine everybody just kind of stopped and looked at you like. What? Well, every, I'm I'm hoping that they've got a Bible and they were flipping through the, right. you know, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> right. So right off the bat, I was very interested in those personalities that you talked about. Right. The apostasy in that presents itself in personalities. Yes. You had the self-directed, the self-indulgent, and the self-important. Yeah. That's kind of what I saw in each of these. Uh, somebody came out that attended Bellevue for a number of years, and evidently Dr. Rogers had preached on this and had done that, but in different ways, had talked about him in different ways. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I got Dr. Rogers' uh, view on it and then your view on it, which, you know, was kind of interesting. I thought, well, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. There's nobody like Adrian Rogers. Um, 
But that's the way I saw these guys. You know, Cain was just self-directed. God, not even God himself was going to tell him what to do. Right. I'm going to determine for myself <laughs> what I'm going to do in this situation. And God told him, listen, man, sin is crouching at the door. If you don't get a hold of it, if you don't master that, it, essentially it's going to come in, grab, and master you. Right, right. So he was self-directed. Nope, not going to listen to you. I'm going to do what I think is best. And then Balaam, of course, was self-indulgent. And you, you just see that right there where it says, for pay, they have rushed headlong into the era of Balaam. That was the era of Balaam, mm-hmm. was that he, he did what he did. He'd switch sides for money, you know. Right. And then, of course, Korah's rebellion was, the whole issue with Korah was that, why does Moses have to be leader? Why can't somebody else be leader? Mm -hmm. You know, we're tired of him being leader. We want to change the leadership. And uh, Korah, of course, wanted to put himself forward for that. Right. And talk a little bit more about that warning because you um, you, you kind of mentioned it in passing, but it's a, a huge part of this, I think, where you said not only did the ground open up and swallow Korah. Yeah. It's, of course, it swallowed his whole family, but he had collected a group of people that had come to his side, which is the very thing that Jude is talking about here. There are those people that will work the crowd. Mm-hmm. They will work the congregation. Um, that, that's why he, he talks about they've come into your love feasts. Mm-hmm. They're like hidden reefs in your love feast. They, they use church gatherings to saddle up to somebody and pump them full of flattery and get close to them so that when they spring their agenda, you're hesitant to be, again. well, they're nice people, they're friends, they've been so kind to us. I don't want to stand up and oppose that when you know that what they're proposing is not right. Right. So there were those that Cora had influenced. Well, they all got swallowed up. Right. And you, you specifically said, like, this is, you shouldn't take this passage and use it to start going on a witch hunt. No, the no. Church. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've thought constantly through this, these last two sermons, because they are warnings and they're very severe and they're very dark and they're very deep and they are hard to preach. Mm-hmm. So, but what do you do? Do you just skip it? Well, absolutely not. It's part of the word of God. And sometimes we need to be warned and sometimes we need to think about judgment. Right. Um, You know, God is love and God uh, forgives us and God accepts us. Yes, all of that. But at the same time, God is a God of judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, The the soul that sinneth, uh, it shall die, is what we're told, you know. But... um, I forgot now what you had asked, Joe. I went off on well, that little just, tangent. You, you, you specifically said, hey, don't take this and, and oh, yeah. give it. Now we're you I, go we're not to go and suspect everybody. Right. Uh, really, if you keep your eyes on the Lord and you keep your nose in the Word and you keep your knees on the floor, when something comes up that's yes. not right, you'll begin to detect it in your spirit. Exactly right. You know, and at that point, you know, you don't, you don't just... This thing of freezing somebody out, just cutting their legs out from under them and just turning on them and, you know, I I am not for that. I've had that done to me. I wouldn't do that. But I have looked at people and said, listen, in this area, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. This isn't a right thing to do. Right. And I I love you. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I love you and I want to help you work through this. I don't want this to become a stumbling block in your life and Satan get more and more territory in your life. Right. So it it helps us to study these things so that 
we can be aware and see when something might be bubbling up. That is part of the care mm-hmm. of the congregation. Right. You know, I care for you, and I'm going to help you work through. You've got a struggle. You've got an upset with a personality. I want to help you work through that so right. that Satan doesn't get an opportunity or a victory. Right, and hopefully so that we'll also be aware of something like this starts bubbling up in our own life. Yes. Like, what is my motivation yeah. in this? Is it self-indulgence? Is it That's exactly right. That is so good. That is so good, Joe. That's exactly right. Is this me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Am I doing this? I mean, because there are times I work with the, I I work with a passage. In fact, I've already this morning started in verse 17 and started looking at this. And I, I spend a whole week with a passage and I am constantly saying, what is this saying to me? Mm -hmm. What is, what is God's message to me? Because if I don't get God's message to me out of the text, I can't preach that text to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, but I, I do, and I say this from time to time, I live with it all week. Y'all just got to hear it for 40 minutes, <laughs> you know. Uh, and you say you live with it. I, I would say wrestle with it. It's I do. I wake up with it on my mind. I go to bed. I wake up in the middle of the night. This is not unusual for me. I wake up in the middle of the night preaching a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of a sermon, and uh, it's generally thinking about the passage. It's so on my mind. And I do. I wrestle with it all week, especially I have in the book of Jude, because this is such a it's been very difficult for me mm-hmm. to work through it. Such a small book, it's pretty yeah. Needy. Now, Doctor Vines, who is one of, he's a mentor. He's a, you know, it's a dear friend. He was my predecessor in Jacksonville. We're very close. Um, I, I, um, I could call him because he did his dissertation on this. I could call him, but I've had to stay away from that because what he comes out of Jude with is so brilliant that I am. You know, I'm I'm embarrassed on the one hand to think, why didn't I think of that? And on the other hand, I want to just take it and preach his. Right. So I just stay away from He gave me one of his messages, and I just had to put it down and walk away. I, I felt so inadequate looking at his stuff. Then I thought, my gosh, that just preaches so well. But I, I did not. Of course, I did not preach it, but <laughs> I, I struggled with the text and came out with what the Lord wanted for this congregation. Exactly right. I was say, and, and you even started the whole series with saying, like, look, some of this is tough, and some of you are looking around saying, like, what have we done? Yeah. Why is he preaching? And you said very I, clearly. I'm just going through the text. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, it may apply to this church right now. It may not apply. A lot of this I don't feel like applies that in the sense that I have got 12 people in this church that are doing this. I don't, these are the sweetest people in the world. There's a guy that visited here yesterday and just tweeted. I don't know who the guy is. Said he was members, a member here 17 years ago. And he was just back through. He lives up in North Carolina now. And just said he, you know, just had nothing but praise for the church. And I wrote back and I said, these are some of God's choicest people here. But at the same time, as good as the people at Valleydale are, we need to hear this. I need to hear it. So We're still human beings. I don't know why God took me to Jude. Mm -hmm. I told somebody yesterday, I'm going to the Psalms after I get out of Jude. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to preach the... I really am struggling with what do I do in the next couple of weeks. But I think, uh, you know, I may go to the Psalms of Ascent. Okay. Which would... Of course, there's some tough parts of those, but for the most part, they're great worship psalms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after something as heavy as this, I'd like to take us through something that's 
a little bit lighter. <laughs> a little well, bit lighter. I don't know yeah. if that's the right word, but yeah. Um, okay, so that second point, uh, you moved into apostasy delivers itself in duplicity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some really interesting illustrations in that one. What did you it say? Really there? You got five. Some people get, get Yeah, some people get. Some people <clears throat> say the hidden reefs, and then they'll come to the shepherds, and shepherds is number two. That's the word caring. Now, in some translations, and I think it, I, I think Mike is reading out the ESV. I'm I, not I'm sure. Also, it is in ASV? Any? It must be the, the 2020 edition. Probably. I think it is. The newest edition. Um, because here is the NSAB 95, and it says care, and in that translation it says shepherds. And it is literally, the word there is poimain, shepherd. Uh, but it is translated here, caring, because it's just a little more, this is what the shepherds do. Mm -hmm. they, they care for. Well, they are so. That's the second one there. Some of them get six. Some of them get seven out of this. You know, mm -hmm. I got five. And I, I like the five. illustration. Uh, well, I always like to hear how you are so supportive of Debbie's running, but are oh, pretty yeah. adamant about not actually I, I don't being go, a part of I'm, it. I support her running <laughs> as long as she wants to run, and I don't have to. But the illustration you said about the kids yeah. when that foam starts yeah. picking up and they go and it looks like this thing that they can grab and yeah. as soon as they do, it just dissipates. dissipates. It just bubble. It's just bubbles. Mm -hmm. And it's dirty looking bubbles. Yes. Brownish, yucky looking. <laughs> but that's kind of a funny thing because you stand out there and you watch a sea with a storm offshore. And I mean, it is just, it's just roiling. It's just, it's just kind of expending energy and the roar and all of that. And it's the sea, we call it, you know, it's an angry sea. Mm -hmm. But what does all of that energy do? It produces foam. Yeah, some of That's it, all just it disappears just in your hands. Foams, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that illustration. And I really love Pastor Mike. So, so for me, um, there was a convergence on what, what I've been reading on my own and what we've been talking about Valleydale being as far as we've, in, in part of our vision narrative, we've included mm -hmm. that verse from Philippians that I pulled up here that talks about do everything without grumbling or arguing, so maybe become blameless yeah. and pure. And yeah. then it talks about that we will shine among them like stars in the sky. That's right. And I, so I, when you – so passage. you're talking about the grumbling and complaining. So yeah. first of all, that hit home. I had seen a great um, – I read an article the, a couple of days before that says in Philippians 2.14, Paul says do everything without grumbling or arguing. Mm -hmm. The Greek word for everything is hard because it means everything. Everything. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I thought uh, all of that kind of converged for me, and I loved that what you were talking about, where the the stars are fixed. That was a mm -hmm. whole other element for me to think about with that passage from Philippians, because right. I think about the brightness and us being a light in the darkness, but us being fixed so that people right. know what is true and yeah. you know what is uh, what they can look to as as being truth in I, this world. I thought it was interesting that the Greek word for planet. Or wandering. The Greek word for wandering is planetes, right. Right. which is our word for planet. Mm -hmm. And they get it because the planets wander. You know, there was an interesting, and I won't go into this, but there was an interesting conversation uh, with Ted Koppel and Chuck Colson one night. You remember Koppel used to come on like, what, 1130 or something like that at night, and he did 30 minutes or, or whatever. And Colson was on there one night. And he was grilling Coson about how do you know this is true? How do you know truth? Mm -hmm. There is no real truth. And I think they did it after the air. They went off and Coulson talked to him and he records the conversation because Koppel is a, he, he 
yachts. He has a yacht. He has a sailboat mm-hmm. and would sail. And he would ask him, he said, how do you, if you're out at sea and you don't have a compass, how do you, how do you know? Uh, which direction to go. And Koppel said, well, that's easy. He said, you know, I find by the stars, by the fixed stars, I can... And he said, is that truth? Is that true? And Koppel just had to go, well, sure, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. Right. So it's kind of interesting, but that goes back to that, you know. I would hate not to have been the, the, the first guy that found out that that was a planet he was following. In yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. Far off course he got... All right. Anything else you want to talk about from yesterday? Your you know, last the, point was the, on the was on Enoch, and it mm-hmm. was really I I say it was the application. I, I see, you've got really one sermon, and you kind of got two different points here. The one I went over yesterday was a week ago. This is the second part of it. You've got exposition in verse 11, 12, 13 is illustration, 14 and 15 is really the application. He says, this is what you're to do. You contend for the faith the way Enoch did. Mm -hmm. In his generation, nobody listened to him. Nobody was interested in what he had to say. He was going counterculture, completely counterculture. And, um, And yet he stood up in his generation, in his day, and he prophesied. And this is the prophecy. MacArthur says, and I I go to MacArthur because nobody's more conservative than MacArthur, but MacArthur says that that this was a prophecy that we don't read until here that he actually gave back in Genesis chapter 5. You don't see it in Genesis 5, Mm -hmm. but this was his prophecy. He spoke to his generation about judgment. Mm -hmm. Judgment's coming. And um, he says that's what you've got to do in your generation. This is contending for the faith. Right. Not going to be popular with the culture, but I'm not. I'm not out to win a popularity contest. It's going to go counterculture. The whole of the gospel does. Mm-hmm. Jesus is an offense, and every generation he's an offense. Right. So there's your application. Be like Enoch. Stand up in your generation and contend for the faith. Right. You know? That's and that's no uh, small challenge. No, and it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy to do. That's my dear sister trying to call me. Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up so you can give her a call back. Hey, I wanted you to mention, uh, for those who just watched the sermon um, online and and didn't see other parts of the service, what you said about marriages and some resources we have for that. Yeah, there are resources available. Um, You know, if you are part of this congregation, uh, we can help you get counseling and want to help you get counseling. Uh, we want to pray with you, want to do everything we can. We just, you know, here a few months ago, this is just the way things seem to run in a church. Don't ask me why it's like this. We had a whole string of women in the church with cancer, mm. uh, just a number of them with cancer. It's just an inordinate amount. And that seems to, thank the Lord, that seems to have calmed down and all of the ladies seem to be fine. Uh, but now we're having just kind of a number of couples that are having real struggles maritally. Mm-hmm. And to be good shepherds of the congregation and to love our church and to care for our congregation, we want to do whatever we can to help them. So we took a little bit of time yesterday and had prayer, pointed out a, a, a young little couple that uh, has visited the last two weeks, and they are um, 
dating. They're going to get married, but for the last six months, they've been separated. She's mm-hmm. been in Greensboro. He's been here. But they have been a part of Valleydale, Friends of Valleydale. Right. They'd watch the service, and then they'd get on Zoom together, and they would talk about it. And here's a couple that's building Christ. Before they ever walk an aisle, they're building Christ in the foundation of really their foundation. relationship. Yeah. It is. Marriage is tough. You know, not you, you don't find a marriage where there is no disagreement, no upset from time to time. Um, I have a very strong marriage. I'm deeply in love with my wife. She's deeply in love with me. I mean, she can't help herself. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we don't, we don't always see eye to eye on everything, right. you know. I think that uh, even was... theologically. Right. I mean, she's an associate reformer. That girl cannot get Calvinism out of her. <laughs> I don't care how long she's been in the Baptist church. But we love each other. And I learn from her and she learns from me. And that's the joy of being a Christian couple is that you teach each other, you encourage each other, you support each other. When she's when she's struggling, I'm there to help. When I'm struggling, she's there to help. And she's more a part of my ministry and more of a blessing to me than I've ever been to her. Right. One of the biggest takeaways I wanted to make sure people got was that if, if your marriage is struggling, and, and we're talking like there's a, a, lo- a large spectrum from yeah. minor struggles to major struggles, that you're not unique, that you're not alone no. in that. Yeah. And the last place you should feel like you're the only couple that's struggling is in your church. And so the church family knows that marriages sometimes need a little bit of extra help and someone to walk alongside them or just some additional resources, some additional prayer. Um, And we just want to make sure that you understand if you are struggling, you are not alone in that. That's exactly right. Uh, And you can find the resources you were talking about. There's a link on the homepage of the app and on the homepage of our website at valleydale.org slash family. Good. And Joe does all of that for which we're very thankful well, for. Well, thank you. Thank you. How she keeps all that information there. Thank you. Good. Well, it's good talking to you today. Good. Thanks good for talking having to you. Me. Thank you for being here. And uh, not sure when Kirk will be back. But Wake up, Kirk. He's gonna, Wake up. Pastor Matt's going to keep the home fire burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, coffee, See y'all. Oh, good, 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 good. Thank you. Great, 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 great. Josh, you want to 